Hello, everybody. The show is back. Thanks for being so patient. I know I've been away for a few months. I uh, just had some issues to clear up with the technical back end of the show. The long-running uh, producer and editor of the program, Jeff, who helped me get the show underway, stepped back due to his personal scheduling conflicts. And uh, I appreciate everything uh, Jeff did to help me get it going. And uh, thanks again. But I have a new crew working with me on the show and uh, we're back up and running and nothing should be changing too much with the show. I still plan to get uh, guests on and uh, have chats with them about an array of issues regarding the pandemic. And in this episode, I'll be doing something that is a, a little bit of a, a change with the show. And I hope to be a ongoing uh, sort of sub format as time progresses. I have on today Scott De Michelle, who was a uh, he was the blog editor at ECV and a longtime member of the organization and a friend. And we plan to have a ongoing back and forth uh, conversation on a whole wide uh, selection of topics. Uh, as to what's been going on and, and uh, we're going to sort of work together with try to make sense of a whole bunch of things that are occurring right now and in the past and going forward and so forth. And in this episode, we're kind of all over the place a bit, but I think we're getting our bearings and this episode is completely unbearable. Then uh, please forgive me for my failings as there have already been many throughout this show. And you're, you're still here, and you don't completely hate me yet. So that's okay. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this talk, and I, we hope to do this every two weeks, I think, for the time being. Maybe we'll do more often. We'll catch up once a week and uh, shoot a, a chat out to you guys. And maybe it'll step back and be less frequent, maybe once a month. We're just going to go with it and uh, see how it uh, progresses and flourishes or completely collapses in a greasy ball of flames. Well, we'll see how it goes, and I hope you get something out of it and enjoy it. Cheers, guys. All right, so we were going to do this last week. Now what we're actually going to get to it. You wanted to go over our failing institutions. So, yeah, let's get going on that. So, yeah, well, uh, are they failing? And... Um, I think to a, uh, a degree that they are, and um, some of it has just been exposed uh, by the modern internet age, and some of it doesn't work very well in the new age and can be replaced. But which institutions are those? At the same time, you know, not listening to uh, um, the experts uh, in a very complicated world, you know, can be deadly. The um, gain of function research aside, because uh, that that's a whole conversation of its own. Um, Fauci uh, called, had a whole bunch of good calls. He had a couple of bad calls. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, the CDC, uh, made some big mistakes 
um, but they they weren't absolutely awful. Uh, some of their stuff was, uh, I think, if not politically motivated, politically restrained. So it could, um, for example, it took them a long time to to say COVID is airborne. Yeah, wait, who's actually saying that now? Is it are the WHO and the CDC? Both yeah, saying that? well, it like took the CDC almost a year to to actually admit to that. Mm-hmm. I think it was like. I think it was like uh, at the end of 2020 or early 2021 where they acknowledge or, you know, say, you know, the the chances are good that it's airborne. And so, you know, maybe filtering the air or wearing masks or, you know, keeping uh, it out to open Although there's not a lot of action on that because none of the mask public health messaging or what what, or how they're trying to work with various other smaller institutions school boards businesses whatever like you don't you don't see this mass flood of better masks or like new hvac systems on a mass scale or anything like that so they they might they might have had some acknowledgement and some like some modification in their messaging and and, uh uh what their official perspective is but it doesn't seem like on the level of action that there's not a whole lot. Yeah. I, I, I can't speak to, to uh, why that hadn't been coordinated at, you know, this is uh, across two administrations, one democratic, one Republican. And yeah, there's um, uh, not really um, uh, uh, a clear goal as far as masks go, as far as testing goes where, you know, uh, You've got civilians and uh, regular people trying to buy tests, and sometimes they can get them, sometimes they can't, and sometimes they can't because the government buys them up. And okay, well, if the government's going to buy them up, then maybe they can, you know, uh, distribute them equitably or intelligently, you know, distribute them to people that need them, you know, first, like medical professionals. But and a lot of times they it doesn't they don't get out or they'll they'll sit you know on a shelf somewhere until they lose efficacy themselves so they're they're no good and so covid has really exposed a bunch of broken institutions uh, and there you can get on the internet and do uh, your own research you can read you can there are good and bad ways to do that right and um, some people can't do it very well and that, you know, in this day and age, that can be deadly to have uh, flaws in your, your, your sense making, because um, it seems like it's ever, it's ever more uh, dependent on um, the individual. I'm not, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I mean, that it's impossible for everybody to be an expert on everything, right? At some point, you have to trust someone. For something at this scale, it, it just seems insane that like, like, there, there is some sort of... A, there's there there is the advantage, but then there's also the the disadvantage, as we could see with uh, all sorts of of treatments and vaccine issues. Um, no, just it, it, it concerns about about masks. Just so, just the the whole concept of people on an individual level being able to go and figure out for themselves, like even though it it hasn't been really push towards that in its entirety like it's it's still not really working out so well 
and and so it's something on this scale and with uh that's so de- dependent on certain degrees of immediacy like you, you just you can't sort of leave everybody to try to figure everything out uh with their own means by re- reading whatever uh resources are available and coming to their own conclusions you need some sort of cooperative collective action for everything to work out How, how's your headphones working out there uh headphones are working good uh i oh. just want to hook the mic up all right now now, now that you're, you're sounding like the the best 70s rock dj ever late night dj yeah uh, we can uh right so the all right Let, let's talk about how the world's broken or our institutions right. are broken or you know we, we've maybe they were always broken we just figured out how broken they are yeah and and so with how quickly this this just impacted everything it just outlined the it, it put a spotlight i guess on the the failure or the 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 pitfalls the failures the issues with uh, the media maybe the academy uh certainly the the, right. the bureaucratic scientific institutions um yeah they screwed up too in tons of ways so i guess let, let's uh, let's let's start with 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 the media then because that I, I think that's probably the, the lower hanging fruit of them sure yeah because it, it's not really like prior to the pandemic there was really that much love and passion and confidence with the press on behalf of the majority of the public it wasn't like everybody was going my my god you know it, all the press outlets are just doing such a wonderful job they're, they're, they're such great sources of, of information and they're totally not driving people crazy and, and you know, re- really, you know, manipulating, uh, uh, certain components of certain messages and, uh, uh, and yeah. Uh, so you know, like, like even for instance, like one, one of the, there was one of, one of John Campbell's more recent videos, I think two days ago, he did one on because he's he's really really pro vaccine but he thinks that you know ivermectin he's still on the ivermectin yeah yeah, it's i think that's reasonable like like i think people have really jumped on that one bit of falsified data that one really morally bankrupt study there were a couple the the egypt Egypt one one. but i think the argentina one turned out to be um that's the one that um derek was like on twitter was saying Somebody just cut and paste this data. Oh, I thought that right was here. the Egyptian one too. That that was the Argentinian one. Well, maybe, maybe it was. I'd I'd ask him, but I, I it seemed to to hear that the Argentinian had uh, a whole lot of problems with it as well. Right. It, it, it's not ruled out, but I, it's still right. Not not wise to take the 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 Brett and Heather evangelical position at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It. That that blows me away, and and that's one thing I've I've really respected about Dr. Campbell. Uh, I I disagree with him. I think that in the sense that I think the chances of ivermectin um, actually uh, really being that much of a help are low. Mm. Uh, we would have figured that out by now. It, it wouldn't just be you know relegated to a few um, you know low end studies that you know we 
the big studies that we've done, you know, uh, should should show something, and none of them do. And it's not just the anecdotal information; it's the the fact that there's like a cult behind it that yeah. people are so uh, committed to it and and think that it is the cure. And you know, Brett's not saying it's the cure for it. Well, he he was he did, he did at one point. He he, he was he, like. He pretty much went over there at one point where it's like this is this is this this is the yeah solution that if everybody did ivermectin we'd be done in a month or so. He he went yeah. that far, which was he, and he Campbell never that. never went no, there, not even close. Uh, he was like, you know, we should try it, we should study it some more. You know, he, I think it's got lots of promise, and you know, I, I you know, wait, I wait, which, which is which is a mild position. It's just that yeah, everything yeah. around he, ivermectin has got. It's also become a culty position to be so ardently opposed to it, where you haven't really thought about it. It's just become it's just become a meme to laugh at people and and cry horse paste, right? And, and then you get to pat yourself on the back. Yeah. So yeah, you could get into your uh, echo chamber there, like like hydroxychloroquine, uh, where where they were like, it definitely doesn't work, mm-hmm. and you know, at least early on in the game. You know, we, we didn't know that for sure at all. Yeah. April 2020, no, nobody had a clue. Yeah. It I mean, it, it just became, that also became a thing to, and, and for some good reason, because like, just because the goblin pushed it so much into the forefront so fast. He and then, yeah, the goblin, you know, sort of doomed it um, to be p- political uh, by, by yeah, going off half cocked and saying how wonderful it was when nobody knew how wonderful it was, and you know the 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 smart position, you know the intellectually um, humble position is we don't know it could, we don't know that it doesn't, but we don't know that it does, and we shouldn't be telling people that that this is uh, the wonder drug mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. <laughs> Because it could end up being harmful, and it turned out it it, it was in some cases. And uh, ivermectin could be the same way. Um, you know, the some of the some of those studies, you know, the dose was so high that you you couldn't translate that you know pound for pound into a human dose, mm-hmm. or it would be you know it would be dangerous. It wouldn't be you know. You do that on a on a mass scale of millions, and you're going to get some people right getting pretty messed up as a result of that but anyway so so like uh that that's just sort of campbell's position and and, and so the, i've seen it floating around a lot yeah and, and campbell's and the, got the humility he doesn't you know he doesn't uh say this is absolute for sure he's like you know i i think there's a good chance there's a signal here i think and we should study it but he he has always kept himself that's why even though i disagree with campbell um, I, I haven't lost any or haven't lost much respect for him uh, because of this ivermectin thing. There have been a couple of times where he's, you know, kind of uh, skirted around that that uh, conspiracy rabbit hole, but he, he hasn't gone in. I, th- I, no, I don't think really that rabbit hole. I think he's just kind of cynical. He is. He definitely is. And not without reason, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty yeah. cynical. But anyway, so he, the, and I've seen it floating around for a while. There's this BBC piece that came out, I don't know, three days ago. 
And it was, it was, yeah, an ivermectin slam piece. And, you know, they, they thinly cited some information. And so Campbell dug into what they're citing and this, uh, paper that was uh, you know, opposed to, to ivermectin, like some of these pro ivermectin papers was also itself dubious. The lead author was a student right. and the, the information was really scarce. And uh, it wasn't public. It was still just a preprint. Right. And um, uh, a lot of it was the information was just conjecture. It was more like a. Right. Like, like, an, like an. It internal. could be more study needed. Yeah. 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 It was a real study. And, and, and so it, it, this, like the, so a lot of the, this episode that he did three days ago or whatever was on, on, you know, had to do with, with the BBC. And, you know, this was one of the, the big, international media institutions just not in in britain you know this was one thing that everybody looked up to and on all sorts of issues when when politics gets involved the the bbc is just wholly unreliable now and so and so right there with with that particular piece um if you wanted i can't remember what, what the piece is called if anybody wanted to check it out but you could see uh John Campbell's episode on the 7th of October, I would think somewhere around there, but um, where, where, where the BBC just had no journalistic scruples on an important thing, because, you know, if, if ivermectin is something that nobody should be, be taking, we should be, you know, taking that seriously and not having such shady reporting. And if it is a possibility for sort of a side treatment, you right. know, in, in, in tandem with, with the inoculations, then that that should be taken, you know, seriously in the future. And if that does happen to be what's occurring, all these outlets like the BBC and the New York Times that are publishing uh, uh, hyperbolic opinions uh, that are guised as scientific rigor, you know, yeah. that that's gonna, yeah. that that not only is going to cause problems, that has caused problems already. Yeah. Even if they're right, you know, this one time or that one time, you know, they, they're, they're right, most likely about hydroxychloroquine. And, and there's a good chance they're right about this. But um, yeah, the, the, the certainty, uh, the, the lack of humility, mm -hmm. um, it kind of indicates that they got stuck in their own echo chamber. And um and it makes you wonder uh, whether these uh, media outlets, whether this is, you know, political pressure from above or below, or, or is someone telling what to say, or are they just telling us what we want to hear? Yeah, because it, it seems to follow a political line, but, you know, what what's creating the incentives for them what what are what are the the incentives to uh create their initiative to follow these sorts of lines like is it like because it, it you know you you, you go enough far, way off on the far left or way off on the the tail end of the far right and you get the people that you know everything is people in dark rooms twirling their mustaches and 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 something like that but no you're, you're not going to yeah. have any sort of you know political thumb on the scale actually you know getting the bbc or the new york times to report on certain things but 
and, and, and with the with with the BBC, you know, it's not even like the business model because there is no business model. It's 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 as a, far as yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, a, it's a public news network, right? Yeah, where uh, yeah, they don't have to make money; they have to make ratings. There's a there's a ratings KPI component to it, but yeah, they're they're not that committed to the almighty dollar. Yet they're still susceptible to, to corruption in in one way or another, and maybe it's maybe it's just telling people what they want to hear. Maybe that's you know this we we do stories these stories or we do stories like this with this framing, and we meet our ratings quota. Because I mean, uh, Fox News and NBC have both hooked their wagons to Trump. And one is, you know, the Love Trump network, and the other one's the the Trump hater network, and they're they're so sorry to see him go, because you know he he makes some money. I mean, they and they're going to be a big contributor in possibly, you know, it, it looks at this point that it's inevitable that he'll run again. You know, as long as long as the cheeseburgers don't get him, right? You know, if he doesn't die via cheeseburger between now and then. He's pretty yeah. much. He's pretty much. Looks like he's going. I'm wondering, run. and and, and, and yeah. like, I I I would love somebody's dissertation on who's going to defeat him in the Republican <laughs> primaries. Wouldn't um, it be funny if we we got to look at some of the dark money, uh, you know, going to to support this or that political candidate and and find some strange bedfellows like. Uh, like Disney, Amazon, and Viacom, you know, in the tank for Trump, not because they like him so much, but because he's where the money's at. That that's where you get your viewers. He's where the money at. He's where the money yeah. is at, and he's get he's going to give them the slightly more of a tax break than the Democrats will. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and as much as they, Disney and Amazon and Google and Apple. All have they're all public companies with shareholders that they're responsible to. Yeah, as much as they have the the this nominal farce of of uh, you know, being, being concerned about so, social issues and, and, and sustainability and, and yeah, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, there are these massive companies that are beholden to profits and their shareholders. Right, uh, but yeah. So if when Trump inevitably or doesn't inevitably run again, like it, it's not. He's almost he's closer to eighty than he is to seventy, and he's ninety pounds overweight. So you know his fucking right. heart could just explode from mayonnaise any day now. Um, but evil never dies. <laughs> uh, good shot. He's gonna you know make it make it to. to uh, 90 i think joe biden and donald trump are going to live forever just to torture everybody yeah um but uh yeah so as, as long as he doesn't kick the bucket or get alzheimer's I mean, he's definitely running again and yeah there's one thing or a bunch of things that that'll help to make them is that msnbc and and cnn and uh uh, Fox, of course, and even the the papers to a degree, uh, they they want that. Like, they, that, yeah, that, it's like they're so, all forced to compete. Even even the New York Times, For, like yeah. like they they they're on a, a like 
I, I really have no idea, but you know, I'm sure somebody can imagine what 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 their actual print subscriptions are now uh, in 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 contrast with their uh, app subscriptions, right? But so they're they're, it, they're, they're on a you know even though it's the New York Times, they're on a, a click business model. Um, so you know, so if if the, the Orange Goblin makes the fiery comeback, then you know they're going to have a, uh, an interest in that too. And so when he, you know, runs, he, 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 he makes the jump for that comeback, they're going to have a vested interest in helping it along and they'll do that. And I'll just sort of work off of it to work work, where they'll, they'll just play off of each other. And, uh, play off of each other as in Donald Trump said this, okay, well, we're going to get, you know, uh, someone to 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 make a comeback for that for that and just you know try to ride the money train on on uh the beef framework of like you know a couple of rappers having a beef and and you know uh, i don't know which ones have been exposed but I, i strongly suspect many of those beefs that are you know are designed uh beforehand or just evolve just because not so much that they like to beef with each other but the beef brings in the bucks yeah no absolutely Uh, there is that but i i would say that's just like a maybe a a single iteration of of sorts so it'll like trump trump would would form a a comp his 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 comeback his second run and then MSNBC and Fox and, and et cetera have, have an incentive to, to, to move yeah. that along. And then that helps to tr- tr- move Trump along. And then they have more to cover. And the sick irony is he could, yeah, get elected in 2024 and serve two terms <laughs> and go and go into 2030. That would be so the, oh my God, this, you know, it could be the decade of Trump. Wait, wait, is. It it could happen. Well, how, how how do your your electoral laws work? I thought it was you could only serve two terms. I think it's all period. about consecutive terms, and oh, that shit. if you split them up, um, then then those rules are out. Uh, it's never been tested, but um, which what means happened, what happened to, to do that? Well, what happened after Grover Cleveland's second term? Did he just did he lose or did he not run again? It was Cleveland like the the split term where he did four, let someone no, else no, no, summon. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. He 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 had a term, then he lost. Right. And then he would be the only person that is gonna do what Trump is likely to do. Yeah. So, so Cleveland So did he serve a second term after that? I don't think he did. No, he I, I just don't know if he didn't where or if he just we're, served his third term. No, no, no. He served two terms, just not right. consecutive. I right. just don't know at the end of the second term if he wasn't allowed to run or decided not to run or if he ran right. and lost. Okay. Yeah. So I have no you're, idea. You're, you're supposed to know that. Even if even if he did, <laughs> I, hell, I think uh even even if he wasn't allowed to run, I I think uh in this case they would um make an exception. Well, I think I think if good chance that the Republicans will have uh, most of Congress, you know, by 2024. And if if the if the 
between economy. them and the judiciary. If the economy uh, goes south, then yeah, the oh, well, then are, all, the, yeah, they're 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 going to have the whole de- deck of cards, right? Yeah, they 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 they're going to have the judiciary for a while. Right. I don't I don't think this hyped up pipe dream of adding a whole bunch of more judges is going to happen anytime soon. No. Um. So yeah, the Republicans love the judiciary for a long time, and yeah, if the way things are going already, but mainly if the economy kind of goes south, then they're going to have all yeah. four in in twenty twenty four, both which both, both, very both well, houses of Congress and and the executive and the the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole uh, shoot match right there, <laughs> and and it's not looking good economically. I mean. Uh, China has energy problems, which is insane. You know, they're the biggest producer of coal and they don't have enough of it. All of a sudden, I think that, you know, explains why they were kicking out all these Bitcoin miners that were using up all their extra juice. Um, but, you know, uh, Britain is having terrible supply problems and the U.S., uh, um, those ripples have gone through the U.S. and I think the U.S. has managed to weather it better than than most because we're not so dependent on on global trade as as most much of the rest of the world. But it's it's going to hit the U.S. as well, I think. Um, and and there's going to be inflation if not uh, through um, dollarization and and monetization of of debt. Just you know printing dollars out there uh, just out of um, screwed up supply chains because every, every screw up in one supply chain fans out and affects 10 others. And then they get screwed up and that affects 10 others. And, you know, then you end up with ports with a, a, a ton of containers that are empty. And then on the other side of the world, containers cost like 40,000 bucks to rent. For a voyage, and and then that just gets worse if you get hit by, if you get all sorts more supply shocks along the way from new bouts of right infections in important regions where there's uh, shipping or manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, to, that compounds on, on top of that already, and it, and all of this almost two years now. This this is well. Right, I guess yeah, a year and a half still. It's, yeah, it's it's only October, but you know it's all been going on for a year and a half, and only some markets have kind of stabilized. But right, and I think I think, I think another... most most are still kind of right. really all over the place. And it may and be like, another it, two years before those get get a chance to even out. If then, and and a lot is getting worse. Like there was some like food shocks for. A, and I'm like I, I don't know in your neck of the woods. Like mostly, I'm going to be speaking off of what's going on around here. But there's usually not a lot of variation between us. It's, it's pretty yeah. joined. But like uh, due to just more proximal things, um, there was you know yeah you had uh, in, in inflation at the supermarket, but that's usually just like temporary. It's just like hey, these trucks got bottlenecked over there. And then in a month, it kind of starts to smoothen out. Right. Um, we had that with wood. Oh, the, 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 the lumber one is a whole yeah. crazy one altogether. Like that just went 
way up and nobody really knew when it was going to come back down and it just sort of shot back down. But, but what's happening with, 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 with like the food markets now is just like, it's, it's going up and it's, it's more of a a large scale thing. And it, and it looks like something that's going to continue. Going to stick. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good chance it'll stick. Oh, that it will stick. Yeah. Yeah. So so I I think we're seeing it or, they're oh, we, we, getting more expensive mm-hmm. yeah, we could be seeing the beginning of you know some of these particular consumer markets starting to inflate and like yeah maybe, maybe this is just a little blip right now the last couple of months or you know <sighs> and, and, and now this is I've, a year and a half i've changed my mind you know i mean you know we've been talking about inflation and i i i wasn't really so convinced i, I was like yeah, there's there's inflationary forces, but there's also plenty of deflationary forces too, and and there's a lot less spending. And um, but I've I've kind of changed my mind um, to a, to a certain degree, and it seems like um, we're gonna we're gonna suffer through it just because we've got these ripples in a pond that you know they hit the shore, then they come back, and then they just cause dissonance. And nothing, you know, the the whole just in time inventory system doesn't work so well um, like that when you can't predict, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and when those you know those ripples hit each other, you know, from the shore, it's it's chaos. You can't predict it, and so you know they're they're going to have to like buffer themselves up, and so you know shipping won't be as efficient. So the prices for all that shit is going to go up, and you know. If China invades Taiwan, right, then global shipping is just going to take a big shit. You know, I, I, was worried, I was worried about that at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I felt like I'm too worried about these things. And now everybody's worried about that. And I, I hate being right. Yeah. Like, not that it'll happen, but, you know, just that. that, that that's something I was concerned about a year and a half ago. And, what? Uh, Taiwan? Uh, uh, yeah, Taiwan. And, yeah. Um, now everybody seems to be you know, con- concerned about that. So, well, what, 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 what made you worry about it a year ago or a year and a half ago? Oh, just uh, that has been a consideration of Beijing for quite a long period of time. Right. They and, never and, took and it off the table. And, and, and then there's this that they handled you know, the, the, the pandemic. Well, and you can, you can say whatever, whatever you, you, you can say what you want that, um, you know, that China there, did? There was a, that, or yeah, China. that the China handled, well, Taiwan handled the pandemic. Really they did really too. well. Yeah. But, but China handled it well, even though, you know, they, they knew a lot more early on and decided not right. to tell people. And, uh, you know, I'm not like, entirely convinced they did because it's, it's hard to believe their data. Oh, there's that too. <laughs> you can't really believe much of their data too. It's it's a lot of it is mystery. But regardless, for however they did it, they they managed to handle things uh, uh, early on really well. And so that leaves a position where everybody else is scrambling. Uh, a lot yeah. of the world is really vulnerable, and so and uh, the, the Chinese economy was still doing pretty good, whereas the American and British. Uh, and and French economies were just getting hit by a spear. By shocks. 
everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, and now labor shocks. And, and so right. it just seemed like, Oh, you know, this, this is, this is, you know, uh, a, a, not a huge turning point, but a shift where, you know, the, the, the Chinese that were already on an upswing, uh, their upswing got a, a little bit of an acceleration for whatever duration of time. And everybody else is in a state of vulnerability. You know, it right. wasn't, didn't seem unreasonable to think that this is an opportune moment where they can, you know, not necessarily invade. So you were thinking this a year ago though. Oh, right. That, the like, the right China, like, yeah. Like, Cause China, like, like, like as far as we could tell, yeah, they were doing March, pretty well. March last year. Right. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, this just, would be a, yeah. Uh, a, a good chance while everybody's distracted. Yeah. And not necessarily invade, but start. Yeah. Putting on, prepping, you know, buying a, a bunch of watercraft or, or, you know, passing laws that allow them to press civilian vessels into service, mm-hmm. which, which they did. I don't know whether that was before or after COVID, but uh, you know, they, they're definitely love leaving that whole situation on the table saying that we, we could, if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I, I not sure that the, the Chinese are in that good of a position because right now they're, they're hit, getting hit by a water crisis and by an energy crisis. And um, uh, they got a demographic crisis, you know, looming on the horizon um, that, you know, that it turns out uh, is worse than what everybody thought it was. And uh, the, the updated estimates are China's population is going to, you know, be cut by half by 2050. At first, they were saying it was going to be cut by half by, you know, uh, 2100. And then they backed it up to 20, 2070 and then to 2050. Um, yeah. So evidently, uh, they, they found different ways of, of measuring um, uh, Chinese population growth. And uh, somebody's been fudging the numbers uh, because they, they don't have uh, – as much people as uh, they they presented themselves as having. So would they want to fudge the nu- numbers for like investor confidence? Yeah, that, I I wonder how that works um, because they either it's a really tight conspiracy where they go like the mob and they keep two radically separate sets of books and they make them both work out with each other and you know. They're, they're just great at creating fake figures and deriving fake figures off of those fake figures and still making them look legit when you look at them from every direction, which is pretty hard to do. You know, you can fake one set of figures, but then it's going to screw up another set of figures. Um, or or what I think is, is just as likely is um, kind of like... Uh, the Russia problem where, where only good look, good news is allowed to go upstream. Um, you know, you're incentivized to, to show good numbers, no matter what the real numbers are. And if everybody's faking their numbers, how do you get good data, you know, internal data? Well, maybe you don't, maybe you think it's good until you've got an Evergrande, you know, blow up in your face and so on top of your demographic and power and water crisis, you got a financial crisis. And so 
when when China, you know, is throwing all their airplanes over Taiwan and and you know flexing their muscles, I'm not sure they're doing it because they're strong. Um, China, the country is strong, but I think that the CCP is feeling uh, pretty insecure right now. Yeah, and it's not clear that they're in a good position to actually have any actual sort of uh, military aggression. Because I don't think, and, you know, it's hard to say what what what, what she and and the the other higher ups at the top of the party. Uh, are actually thinking and like how you know actually fanatical they may or may not be and how shrewd yeah how much of their bullshit do they believe how much of their bullshit do they believe or how how much are they actually just like really hardline shrewd pragmatists right um yeah i don't think anybody really knows it's a lot of it is really a, a mystery at this point but um you know unless they're I'm pretty sure to, to be at the top circles, you you have to have a certain load of of realism. That's my assumption. Yeah. Um, um, but so it, like unless they're extreme, just extreme fanatics, which I I doubt, um, they would have to see that it's not really clear what the Japanese and the Americans would do if uh, right. they, they, the, they took any sort of the two world's biggest action. navies, yeah. Yeah. So and, and 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 Taiwan's also kind of like Israel. It's this little country with, with you know a good sized population for how small the country is, but with a just a monstrous military. And so like that's sort of why the the forecasts now are like you know China could invade Taiwan by 2025. Well, it's like well why not now? Oh well, it's because Taiwan has a massive fucking military, and they could what? you know okay that that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, the, that that that's that, that that's been the, the the headlines a lot in in the Financial Times and Reuters is and that China like, isn't yet to parity with Taiwan as that, far as that that's what the the the, the Taiwanese uh, government is sort of projecting is that okay they, yeah they're, they're predicting by by twenty twenty five you know that's when it could be a possibility and that's based on that you know it would take them just a massive invasion force because of the right. Just the strength of the the, the Taiwanese military. Yeah, it, it seems like there would be you know uh, absolutely unacceptable casualties from a from a democratic state, and that maybe China can survive you know because it's got you know plenty of extra uh, young men. Well, that, that's another question too because that's what where a lot of it leans on is that you know how much casualty because you know one might think is like hey this is this is a brutal totalitarian country, but then like they, they're going to have a certain amount of acceptable level of casualties. So it's just really not too, too clear what they're going to want to take. And, and then also like what you were alluding to um, with, with Taiwan and, you know, even though they do have a massive military and it's a huge part of the country, it, it is a very free first world democratic country and they're going to want it are they going to be Churchill are they going to regress are, are, are they going to be we're going to fight them on the landing grounds or we're going to fight them on the beaches fight yeah. them on the hills you know and china's convinced that that they won't the china uh, has convinced themselves i'm not sure they're right but they it, so, it seems to me their leadership believes that that taiwanese are soft so that could that could be what these planes 
flying around all the time are is uh, two things fueling the more pro mainland political movements because Taiwan has a mass amount of political parties and some are yeah favorable the, to, to unifi- reunification yeah and, and they're then, on the so, decline but yeah so 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 pushing political wins maybe in taiwan but then also um getting the the populace concerned you know some sort of morale uh, yeah hindering of, of some sort or or morale boosting at home maybe so they've got some that could be much more to show their their yeah, people it, yeah, what what the, the Taiwanese think is could be completely irrelevant. It could be, uh, yeah, just, they're just 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 flag just waving for their some, something to put on. You know, the People's Free Television Program or right, or whatever yeah. their 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 great propaganda outlet is. Yeah, just just to say we could take Taiwan anytime we wanted to. Yeah, you know, look at we the the People's liberation air force or whatever it's called yeah flew, we, we flew four more jets you know instead of just 43 we threw 47 into their air zone today the taiwanese those idiots they did nothing right and I, it's I, that part is is real i don't think the taiwanese have, have got the uh, enough uh hardware to to really fight that um, you know, um, there it's at least as far as the air force go, you know, uh, it's, it's about a, a 10 to one differential. Oh no. Yeah, to, to, to completely defend. No, but it's just like, if the, the, the Chinese did do an invasion, they, they would pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. We could impose a, a whole lot of costs or, or Taiwan could by itself, um, you know, but, but, then, but then, yeah, the, the big question I'm is pretty sure. Yeah. Taiwan would because that's where all our chips are made, you know? Um, and, and we, we will be given a choice. Do we scuttle those factories? I, I think that, you know, that is an option on the table. Uh, you know, well, it, I, I don't know it, that for sure, it, but yeah. For complete selfish interest of, of the Western allied countries, you know, which would include, you know, right. Everybody out west is Australian. The Chinese are about ten years behind us as far as semiconductors go, and we we don't want them to get that that prize. Right, but so but so with with the our our complete selfish interest. Yeah, there's the chips, but there's also for mainly for the Americans and the Japanese. There's the just the 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 strategical naval area where Taiwan would break that where it sort of runs from northern Philippines right yeah to actually I can kind of look it's it's right on the top right part of your head with you okay your, your right map yeah point. yeah so there's like the from the Philippines and then to Taiwan and then to the, the south Japanese right. islands there's sort of that perimeter around China the string of pearls yeah yeah and and so if China takes Taiwan that sort of breaks that. Then yeah, they they get a lot more options as far as the Pacific goes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it would be a, a huge strategic coup for them. But as as America turns more and more inward, it's like what what are the next few years gonna look like? And if and if there's another right. Trump presidency, 
Yeah. Who knows? It's like <clears throat> all, all bets are off. It's like it could be just right. like a, a, a further turn into this hyper protectionism that that yeah. that, 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 that that Trump started off with, or you know, he he right, he, which he, both so, parties he, are on board with now. Yeah, yeah, which is weird how much that shifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, like right. the Democrats have sort of played along with that all of a sudden. But um, but but you know, Trump is so capricious, and he's made a lot of the Republicans so capricious. Like that's almost like the political philosophy right? of, of, yeah. Trump, of Trumpism is just to be inconsistent and contradictory and unpredictable. So you know who. Yeah. So point being is if if, if there's an administration change in that direction. Like who knows what uh, American foreign yeah. policy will be for the next decade. I wonder what General Miley um, uh, really believed. Um, what what led General Miley to believe that that Trump could conceivably uh, start a war to remain in office? Because I mean, he he seemed to be genuinely of the belief that that was a possibility to the point where he would call, you know, his Chinese counterpart and say, you know, we're, we're not going to do this. We're not going to attack. And maybe that was blown out. Maybe it was like um, Chinese spy network where we're getting paranoid and the U S spy network picked up on the fact that the Chinese were getting paranoid about a possible um, attack out of desperation. Mm -hmm. And, and then general Miley got, got wind of it and you know shut that down right away or maybe maybe the general had um a serious reason to believe that that trump might actually do that he's such a loose cat yeah you just don't know i i'm a uh a hawk on that sort of thing uh i would i would prefer to uh bring the bulk of of um allied forces you know Australian subs and and uh, Japanese carriers and all of it, and say, okay, enough. If you if you fly any more sorties uh, over Taiwan, we're going to have to shoot you down. And if you want to start a war over it, okay, we're going to start it right here. But um, this intimidation's got to stop. You're going to shit or get off the pot, and you're going to you know grow up and and start acting like. Uh, a responsible world power and not, um, you know, a teenager having a tantrum. And you think there'd be a incentive perhaps with Biden to do something like that. It would make him look strong. Right. And, um, yeah. It's, it's but he, it's, he's, it's he's afraid that the regime would call him, call his bluff. Well, but he might, he might, he might not be bluffing, right. but, but the, right. the, the, he might the regime, have to, yeah. The, the regime think maybe he's bluffing and they attempt and they to call, call him a, a possible bluff. And then it escalates. And then right. he might not, he not, might not be bluffing. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, then it escalates. and maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just like where we're too worried about escalation um, because we're both nuclear powers and, you know, it, uh, the mutually assured destruction isn't, the same as what it was between us and the Soviet Union. Well, it's it's way different between China and the United States than it is between the United States and Russia because there's there's parity there. 
um, and China's uh, nuclear armaments are you know, minuscule compared to the United States, unlike Russia, where they're equivalent. So, right. you know, you know how they, much they do could, I actually know about military yeah. engagements to, to talk If they to hit you? Chicago, I don't know, but uh, they could give us a bloody nose one way or another. Well, I think it would be more you know, like the, the size of their nuclear arms are, are, are a lot smaller for most of right. them too. So I think it would be mostly used on military targets or attempted to right. use on military targets. But point being is they don't have very many. So if they use them, like they could use the them all up, you know, particularly quick. And, and the United States has just this monstrous arsenal. Yeah. And, and, and more means to keep producing more if uh, that, that uh, needs to be the case. Yeah. All, all, all the same. Yeah. There's going to be an incentive for, for Beijing and, and, and Washington to not want to, in, in, you know, willy nilly engage in a conflict of that variety uh, anytime soon. But it is surprising that the Americans haven't uh, tried to tell China that this, the, 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 this air force incursions into Taiwanese airspace has uh, gone way too far. Yeah. So, yeah, how did we get on China and Taiwan? Because uh, <laughs> it was we, we got on inflation, and uh, I was going back to um, global trade, which I I think um, maybe um, on the decline, um, and uh, China is a big part of that, and. If they run out of markets to sell to, I mean, uh, they're building, you know, railroads to Europe, but Europe is, you know, Europe's still trying to be an export economy and their consumer market is going to be getting smaller. I mean, they all have a demographic problem. So I I don't know, you know, what extra goods and services the Chinese expect expect to be selling Europe. Um, uh, the only growing markets are the United States and Mexico and, and Africa. Well, isn't Eastern Europe still sort of developing? <clears throat> well, this is something where I have no idea and you're going to have to explain it to me then. So like Eastern Europe, like all the rest of Europe is, is yeah, every, yeah, unless. Like, I think they're. Unless there's something going on in one country that we don't know of. I'm pretty sure every European country has the, the population issue. Right. Um, especially like countries like Hungary that also you know, don't want to, you know, I- immigrate anybody to, to try to, to try to uh, offset that a little bit. Um, but uh, aren't all the Eastern European countries with, you know, maybe not so much Estonia and Slovenia still working their way out of, the economic crisis they that they would have you know, accrued over the course of, of communism and still kind of build right. their way back up or or is that COVID kind of set them back a decade i think well not even just COVID. Right. Are, would, would they still be able to do that with the the population issue that <clears throat> all of europe has they may not have a chance you know it's like china yeah china's growing old before it can get rich yeah and so like Eastern Europe still needs to get rich, like the Germans and the French. And but, it's not going to happen. And, and, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Except for like the couple little ones that have done okay. Yeah. 
the little exceptions that prove the rule. But I mean, yeah. I, I was just saying, if if China gets belligerent, if they start, I'm thinking that the regime may may feel insecure, and in doing so, it may do crazy shit, and you know, shit that we wouldn't expect a rational regime to do, uh, simply because you know they're 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 worried more about their home game than the away game. The away game is just um, for show, but it may it they may do something stupid. And in that case, global trade would probably shut down. And in that case, um, the supply shocks would be horrible. Um, they'd hit you like a Mack truck and then they'd be long lasting. And we would ha- you know, have to spend at least a decade retooling our whole economy, you know, for, um, you know, manufacturing, um, you know, the low end as well as the high end. And that, you know, that would be a whole lot less efficient. And so that would mean um, that stuff is going to cost more. And I don't, I don't see, it doesn't seem like we're going to get the, the, the track for globalization um, is, is just going to continue on and on. And we're going to just further specialize, 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 and, and make our supply chains longer and longer. I, I think companies are, are now, you know, trying to hedge their bets and, and, you know, put some more wiggle room in their just in time. And um, they're going to uh, build inefficiencies back into the system which will be able to handle volatility better, but you know, you're going to, it's, it's like you're paying an, an insurance premium mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to be able to uh, withstand uh, a higher level of volatility in, in, you know, shipping and supply. Which is good. You know, companies should have been doing that decades right. ago. <clears throat> right. They, they should have been instead of against these issues. Yeah. Right. But they had no, you know, because we, we, oh, we there, got, there's been we disincentive. Got, we, yeah, I mean, we we got socialism for shareholders. Yeah. They they know that, you know, whatever happens, you know, governments around the world, you know, will will keep keep them alive. Yeah, the Western first world. We socialize our shareholders. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or they 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 get no they get banker hurt. will go hungry. Right. To the socialist trough. Right. So if that's what people say when they, they rage against capitalism. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't know what you can replace that with. Um, I don't know. Uh, other than, you know, a hybrid system, which is, you know, uh, messy and, and the, the game theory is all over the place, but, uh, the 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 strictly market you know bearing thing where uh, companies are only beholden to to their shareholders. Their shareholders are going to be like, you you got to do X Y Z and maximize profit, or your stock's not going to be worth much, and we're going to sell it and buy another company that does. Or you know we're just going to fire you know your your upper management and replace them with people that'll do what we tell them. And we're going to tell them to maximize profit and maximize short-term profit. 
over long-term profit because, you know, we can buy and sell, you know, you're incentivized to, to hold equities for at least a year, but I don't know if people really think even that far ahead. So, I mean, I like the Norwegian model in the sense that um, the government has a certain amount of say in the corporations because they're partial owners. And in turn, you know, the government is, you know, ostensibly uh, respondent and accountable to its people because corporations are, yeah, are, are not responsible. They're not responsible to the, to the, the, the country or its customers or its suppliers or its workers, you know, uh, they, they just have to, to satisfy uh, shareholders. And um, as far as like the broken part of capitalism, that's it. And I don't, I don't think we necessarily have to throw the whole shebang out the window. I mean, markets are pretty good for most things. But um, I, I think it's possible to keep capitalism and, uh, and still reform the, the shareholder socialism that, that we're stuck with. I don't know how uh, that would require, you know, a bunch of smart accountants and lawyers. And I don't know, maybe it's not possible. Maybe that, you know, the game theory is just going to keep us on this uh, uh, death race. You might not even need to have any sort of statute or any sort of like convoluted statute. You just sort of see that it's a necessity and, and sort of make more of a noted social political precedent that this this sort of action just creates yeah fr- fragility to the benefit of nobody and you you got a an example of that under the old model where like i think Ex- exxon shareholders you had some shareholder activism in there where they're like okay you guys are going to have to start cleaning up your act because we're we're we we got enough clout in ownership to to make you mm. Um, but that, that seems to be very much the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, I would say so. You know, it could be the start of something, but it's probably more yeah. of an anomalous occurrence. Yeah. Could you just do it with peer pressure and, and, and can you make some sort of sea chain of, of social expectations like that? Cause, cause we're going to, we're, we're hitting sea changes of, 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 social everything you know just about every social norm is on the table and we we got to figure out how to learn uh, how to how to live in this this brave new world and you know uh, we were able to centralize uh, so many things that we couldn't before you know information i think we were talking before about how wikipedia you know is is a perfect example of of success there whereas um other like Whereas the media, um, you know, is, is incentivized to just eat itself and and turn to a, a horrible corruption of itself. But you know, and and I'll go on my Bitcoin track for a second here, um, uh, because Bitcoin uh, allowed uh, finance to be uh, decentralized and uh, like uh, the control of money. And the, like the validators on the network are, are sufficiently spread out and distributed um, uh, 
not evenly, but uh, evenly enough that uh, there no one entity could could attack the network. And the cost for doing so maybe you know is so prohibitive as to uh, not be worth it. So we could spread that out. Um, we we've got decentralized finance where you can actually uh, um, collateralize digital assets and get you know a loan in in actual dollars or stablecoin equivalents and and use that to to buy and sell goods. And it's it's been used as a way of, of dodging taxes. But uh, I think the technology uh, itself is um, a, a miracle sort of game changer where um, loans are handled by smart contracts. And the modern smart contracts, some of them are good. Some of them may not be so good. Some maybe, you know, uh, will screw up on their own or will we'll have some sort of exploit someone will find. And some of the protocols like Solana, um, pretend to be very decentralized and unassailable, but it turns out that, you know, just a, a, a few entities uh, within the Solana group have control over everything where they can like turn the chain off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and screw sh shit up. But I think eventually um, it, and it'll just take a, a, a Lindy effect. It'll just take, you know, a whole lot of test of time and a lot of screw ups and a lot of people losing their shirts um, before we'll find, you know, robust enough smart contracts, software that is, is better than code that just does what it does. And um, if you could predict what you, what it can do, then you can take advantage of it and it can be used to, to leverage prosperity in theory, you know, just a, a different way of, of, of measuring it that is uh, more distributed and, and has less uh, gatekeepers in the way, like uh, bankers and, and regulators. So that's, that's the, the libertarian um, uh, utopia Fantasy, yeah. that, right. You, you made it sound real well, extra fuzzy and utopian. There at the end. I, I know I did because um, I, I think they're onto something there. Uh, I don't, I, I don't think it's, they, you know, they're, they're like Bitcoin fixes everything. Bitcoin's going to bank the unbanked and which, which is bullshit because, you know, if, if you're unbanked, you don't, you don't want to be holding your entire wealth in, in like a bare asset in a, in a wallet that, you know, if you screw it up, you know, or you send it to the wrong address, you know, it disappears. It's gone forever. I'm very happy. Somebody's helping you know, me look after my account. Right. Yeah. I mean, be well, and here in Saskatchewan too, like we have a lot of like, what I like particularly about who I bank with. I don't even, I don't bank with a bank. The, the Saskatchewan is, yeah. is very prominent in the, the cooperative movement going back a, a century. And so like, there's like a state bank. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cooperative. It's a credit union. Okay. So, yeah. so, so even with, like with my account, it's not you know looked after by some, evil scary monolithic company it's this you know, some working pretty, stiff civil servant no no it's it's not a it's not a government thing credit unions they're, they're private but it's like yeah you you, you get dividends and it, it's owned by the members it's not owned by anybody it's it's owned by okay whoever, whoever pays yeah. into it and uh so yeah you know like so so, so this that so things like that are very opposite to the 
libertarian fancy fantasy world and i very like it's like the alternative i'm i'm in you know or they call or yeah um i i think the 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 libertarian fantasy is onto something in the sense that um uh not all gatekeepers are good not all our institutions are good and some of them do indeed need to die and um you know you can find some some new efficiencies and uh, or or at least um um eliminate if not eliminate corruption uh, make it transparent you know where you can just trace where the bitcoin goes on on the chain everybody can see it and um you as opposed to um you know uh, swiss banks mm-hmm. but you know um they they believe bitcoin fixes everything that you know bitcoin is gonna um bring power to the people and i was like i i don't see that i i see all the big banks you know saying oh there's money in them their hills and they're you know um sticking their dick in the pudding uh, because the pudding's good and they you know they they know where, where their pudding is buttered <laughs> <laughs> To mix my metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> Very excellently. But yeah, I mean, the, the banks are just going to financialize the fuck out of it and rehypothecate and, you know, they will leverage that and just and make it explode um, like they do anything else. And and eventually you're going to need to rely on some sort of institution to to custody, even a, a digital asset on a on a you know, a public ledger, you're going to want your bank to be handling your private keys. So you can't, you know, so you have someone to call when you lose your password. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, new boss, same as the old boss in a lot of ways. Sort of like, I think I sent you. Yeah. uh, So I, I sent you a video uh, from whatever year the, libertarian leadership race you know with larry elder running it and then they're 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 getting oh. mad at, they're getting mad about driver's licenses oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like it, so it's just like self-made comedy with no self-awareness or the yeah the, the the poor guy who's like on the on the national scene is is the radical is the libertarian radical but among yeah, the people was, he's like uh, oh my god you guys are crazy yeah with gary, gary yeah Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so yeah, like on the national scene, it's like he was like the ultra libertarian crazy. And then he was pretty much like a communist chill. Yeah. <laughs> amongst, amongst yeah. What's next? We're yeah. going to have to get a license to put toast in our toast. Yes. <laughs> right. You people are, are not. Anyway, point, point was I sent that to you. And then you, you sort of went on a little thing where it's, you, you know they live in this libertarian fantasy world and it's like oh so yeah um well, you know we don't need the government they come up with brand new solutions to their problems which end sound up ex- being, sound yeah. like a government oh you mean like yeah. the government no <laughs> you <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so so they, they they clear off everything but then they just need to bring it all back in anyway because yeah, they, it's sort of like a um, sort of with more like the the the, the left anarchical thinkers 
uh, was sort of satirized in the South Park episode. You know, with these 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 kids go back to their to go to college for their first year of their undergraduate courses, and okay. they come, but they come back to South Park, and then they're talking okay, to yeah. like, like the main cast kids, Stan and Kyle, and them, right. and it's saying like, oh, you know, we don't need to live in this world, man. We just you know, we just need like somebody to look after everybody. Oh, you mean like a cop? And oh, we need like you know somebody right. to like just make the food and and do all this. And then I, you know, Kyle or Stan or whoever said, "Oh, yeah, you need, like a town." Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just does so, the slow blink thing. Yeah. So you know, it, so that that seems to be a common thing. People are you know, have that consternation towards. You know, the, the the existing institutions and then just want to get rid right. of them all together. But you need, you need something. And uh, yeah, and most of them, you know, probably just envision themselves, you know, it, replacing them with, with their systems that were, were there at the top. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure um, necessarily everyone, but at the same time, um, It's good that you know we're we're not all beholden to the Catholic Church in Rome anymore. You know we 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 had a whole lot of wars over over Protestantism and Catholicism and and counter reformations and um, it it was a, a bloody instance. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Catholic Church was better <laughs> if we were just just you know just. If we if we just stuck with the Catholic Church, we could have just avoided all those wars, and you know what the Pope says goes, and we we just accept that, and and we 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 do our thing. No, rest assured, they were still warring with uh, the, the the Pope. The Pope, the Pope's authority only went so far, and you know he could sanction quite easily the 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 the, the smaller squabbles, which also ended in quite a large amount of brutal outcomes and uh so yeah right. so but i mean martin luther wasn't wrong when he was like pointing out the corruption in 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 the uh, the regimes in the the institutions of the day which you know at, at probably at one point had you know uh, uh, a positive function um but became you know corrupted over time and uh Martin Luther, you know, kind of broke that all open and and said, look, these guys are, you know, um, totally corrupt. And, you know, people, even if they uh, didn't see everything that Martin Luther saw, they they felt that there was some truth in that. And 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 the alternative was, well, we can, you know, we can read our own Bible and we can, you know, um, figure out how we're supposed to worship God or, or, you know, leave it to our Kings to figure out. And of course there our Kings love that idea as opposed to, to splitting that up between them and the Pope. Mm-hmm. It seems like a much better deal if, if, you know, you can be head of your own church and, and, you know, you can say what the Bible says. World War II probably couldn't have happened without mass media of, of movies and radio. Uh, and so, yeah, this this technological revolution may uh, may kill us all because we're 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 so powerful, you know. 
that uh, a very small amount of us, small number of humans could just totally screw it up for, for the rest of us. Very well done, Scott. You, uh, after so, all our, after all our 10,000 side notes and, and uh, you, you brought it back to, to, to media. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which yeah. Is where we started. Which, and, and it, it's crazy because, you know, there's so many wonderful things about this media and, you know, uh, there was some truth to it when they said, you know, uh, 70 years ago, television is going to revolutionize education and even the poorest per- person will be able to educate themselves because of mass television, which, you know, turned out to not quite be that, you know, yes, it's possible. And in some ways it works, but most of that just became bubblegum shit. Yeah. TV was definitely a net loss for, for sure. Like, was it? Well, may, 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 now I'm not so sure now because I think because there because the idea is is that TV made a lot more people reading less. But then you think back prior to that, like one thing that TV killed was like really bad books. There was there was a lot less, you know, from the the 70s until now. There's a lot less like you know 90 page westerns and like just just all sorts of throwaway pulp. You know, especially if you go to like, you look in like new literature in a bookstore today, you know, about a, a quarter of it is pretty good. You know, there's still a lot of like middle brow genre fiction, you know, stuff that that's, that's pretty crappy. But I would suspect that a lot of people that, you know, stopped reading or didn't really get into reading or, you know, or educating themselves and just watch Dallas and golden girls and whatever, um, you know, might've just done, you know, the, the, the literary equivalent anyway. Right. So, yeah. So, 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 so I don't know how is, you can prove whether it's, so, in that so I, or not. I, I, yeah. So I sort of had to bring in like, you know, compared uh, in, in contrast to my typical like pessimism, I had to sort of bring in like the, the Pinkarian optimism of, you know, th- things, things weren't as great as you think. Pinkarian. Yeah. I, I have I haven't heard that actually. Like you mean Stephen Pinker, right? Yeah, I just yeah, made that up. But Pinker, oh no, that's great. Yeah, he, he has his own. He has his own way of looking at things. So, yeah, sounds like uh, the 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 next villains in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> the Pinker is <laughs> everything is wonderful. What's wrong with you people? You should be happy. Captain, I've locked on the Pinkerians. <laughs> Don't fire, Mister Wolf. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, you know, overall. So, is there is there some redemption to the internet? Is there redemption to to Twitter and Facebook? You know, can you can you just take the argument? Oh, well, these are just tools. You can use them for good, and you can use them for bad, and and tie that up with human nature and say we're going to be okay. I don't know. I, at some point, human nature's got to change. I mean, I I, I watched uh, uh, Alex Friedman um, earlier today. Uh, this guy who uh, watches, um, who, who's uh, who does research on uh, primates, right? And you know, um, tries to learn stuff about humans by studying primates. And 
find some disturbing stuff like, you know, primates, uh, especially chimpanzees will um, premeditate uh, and, and kill mm-hmm. and will, you know, isolate people and, you know, do like a, a gang style jump mm-hmm. where they, you know, uh, eight to one gang up on, on a, a chimp from another tribe and, 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 and literally tear them apart. Or a defector. Or or a defector, exactly. Um, And, you know, we can see that in our behavior. But at the same time, if you, like, compare pound for bound uh, the amount of aggression, the chimps are super aggressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, By implication, humans have learned to moderate that aggressive urge to uh, the degree that that we were able to um, evolve higher functions that, you know, um, non-alpha males could invent music and poetry and be able to pass on their genes. We found an, a way out of, of that um, paradigm evolutionarily and, and evolved into something better, I think. Um, and I think it's we we got to figure out how to do that again. Um, and Western individualism is awesome, and you know, I love being able to be free to 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 be um, uh, a weirdo and a contrarian and to to you know dance to my own beat. Uh, but at the same time. Ever more so, no man is an island because it takes fewer and fewer of us to 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 really screw shit up. And you know, this pandemic has shown us that uh, we we were pathologically individualistic. And you know, maybe you could do an anthropological study. I I, I think it's I'm I'm ever pedantic, but I think I think it's too much of a stretch or, or lacking in some clarity to say we were too. What did you say? Violent? No, no, no. Hyper aggressive? Maybe. No, what did, no, what did, no, no, no. What did you say to excessively individualistic? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't think that would be totally correct. That you know, we because there, there was a lot of people that were you know willing to look for some sort of collective action, but there was just too much, too much of of that excessive individualism went somewhat awry to everybody including their own detriment and you know what 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 to what to do about that because you can't you know you can't do away with that and you know in 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 other areas it has so so much benefit but in this particular instance in a world of super spreader events <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it just takes a couple of defectors, and yeah, the the and the game the game goes is down, goes, down yeah. goes down the shitter. Yeah, and we've seen that happen a lot to yeah, with immense consequence. So yeah, what what do you do about that? Uh, manipulate people with mass media, <laughs> right? <laughs> that didn't um, work out so well. With- either. With oh, well, shit. Well, now we've got the power of AI and machine learning, yeah. and the machines can probably get better at manipulating us um, than we are because they can do it. They can learn quicker. They can 
modifying their campaigns quicker on uh, and and do it on such subtle levels and such individual levels. You know, you don't have to make something that appeals to everybody. You just have to make something that um, pushes, you know, Josh Farden's buttons specifically. It figures out what Josh. Yeah, that's a, that's are. a lot of things. And and it pushes them and 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 now you're a zombie. Now you're you know. Um, now you're uh, manipulatable, and it's not even humans doing it. It's it's the AI, because it's it's good at it because it can you know it can tell by your search history whether or not you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. It can tell you know what kind of products you'd be interested in. It can you know emotionally uh, motivate you for for products and and you know to say that you're you're not. Uh, susceptible to this is you know uh is dangerous because because we all are i think we have to admit that each each of us are and uh, you know yeah, we, you, you have i'm to be, immune to some sort some you have sorts to be of the, the Dalai Lama but, to, to not be right yeah. Yeah, yeah so we should just turn everything over the dalai lama or pardon me his holiness the, the dalai lama and and there's our answer buddhism <laughs> well everybody will be so mindful and have such self-control. That doesn't sound so bad. Although Buddhism didn't turn out to scale, like you know the you know pre nineteenth century or pre twentieth century Japanese were that were Buddhists were pretty fucking brutal. So it just you know on, on a large level, or even 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 today, as you know, there's a lot of Buddhists and. Uh, Myanmar and are not doing the best things ever. Um, so, you know, you know uh, trying to get everybody mindful and, and self-aware and, and calm may be a completely futile endeavor. Or maybe essential. Maybe we're, you know, we have to, otherwise we're fucked. You know, it's becoming an ex- existential issue here. Um, because you know the game theory doesn't uh, support uh, us figuring out how to survive a, a bad pandemic. You know this yeah. this is this one was a warning shot. There could be one that's much worse that kills quicker, that spreads quicker, et cetera. And you know, um, and climate change is the same deal. You know, the game theory doesn't doesn't support uh, everybody getting on the bandwagon. It, you know, it's. Mm-hmm. It's it's better to to ride on other people's shoulders and and profit off defecting while uh, everybody else saves the world, but we can't go back. You know we're 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 making irreparable damage. So uh, we, eventually, human nature. Uh, I don't see any other choice. We've, we've got to figure out how to change. It seems like we we can. And evolution ain't going to do it. It's too slow. It's sort of like we're we're playing. Russian roulette with 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 a, a a pistol with a lot of slots in the cylinder, right? Like hundreds, and right? There's, there's only one bullet in there somewhere. We just keep spinning it and keep pulling the trigger. We have no and, idea where it is. Yeah. Well, 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 not just that. It's more so we keep saying, "Oh, well, I haven't." We haven't blown our brains out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I haven't got us no, killed no, once. What, what are you worried about? It's it that sort of ties back to the 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 very widespread lack of concern. And we, like we mentioned that 
the the possibility of a standoff like it hasn't really reached that point but the possibility of a standoff you know moving from the russians to the americans to the americans to the chinese and, yeah. and then there's also the, the the real nuclear standoff between the pakistanis and the indians it's like this is a yeah. major issue that just nobody cares about or thinks about anymore it's like well there hasn't been a nuclear war yet so why right. why, why worry we made it this far yeah <laughs> yeah so it, it, it's that mindset that uh, it, uh, uh, holds uh, a, a lot of people back um, and, and what to shift that. I, I right. have no idea. But it's, the, Yeah, the only other option is total disarmament. And I was like, if you can change human behavior to the point of total disarmament, you can just change human behavior and not have to completely disarm. Mm-hmm. But you probably should anyway, because shit can go wrong, and nuclear weapons are pretty awful. I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I guess you could you could keep your nukes um, under the assumption that um, a single mistake, you know, at worst could destroy a city, but not the planet, not humanity. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and, and the jury's still out, like how much it would take to actually destroy humanity. Like there's not much of a consensus on right. nuclear winter hypothesis. It's right. Like there's people on both sides, but then again, too, it's like, I don't want to find out. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same with yeah. climate change. It's like you take, there could be, you know, yeah, you take the most left-wing political activists and they say, they'll say, they'll tell you, you know, exactly what day, you know, things will be to what degree bad. It's just like, they, they know everything. It's like, it's not really that certain what will happen, but I don't want to find out. Yeah, could be worse. There, there could be <laughs> could, could be worse. There's could tons be. of of right, yeah. tons of factors a- that we a- can't possibly a- plan for. AOC could be super conservative, like <laughs> yeah, yeah like Ni- Naomi Klein could be way off, could be way worse. But you know, it, it's just you, you don't need that type of forecasting. It's just uh, you, you just want to resolve the issue before you find out what to what extent the calamity is you know same 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 with the nuclear weapons so uh, can you tell me what do you think do we need institutions can we survive without them should we try to we need we we need institutions we just need to figure out how we can make them better and you mentioned like martin luther and i i think like like for for europe for most of the last or for not most the last millennium, um, like that was the, uh, a big component of all the institutions and, you know, waned a lot more as that millennium came to its conclusion. But, you know, steady reform happened. There, wa- there wasn't a lot of just wholesale destruction of the institutions and then trying to build something new. And lots of times when, when the reform would happen, you know, things would, you know, not yeah. like the, for for the better. So it's just <clears throat> we so, we were lucky. I, I think. So 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 yeah. If 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 this makes me, you know, sort of conservative. You know, yeah, we 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 need institutions. We can't just you know you know burn the mother down. A hierarchy. Yeah, hey, you can do it better than I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we 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 need something of of that sort. Um, we we yeah we we need the institutions. It's just you know what what are the problems with them and uh, what, uh, what 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 do we need to 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 change with them? Um, anyway, 
but uh, yeah, I, I think if we haven't completely angered our audience already, um, hopefully we haven't. I think I think like well, it's called yeah, a date. Like, sorry, Catholics. I mean, this is totally yeah. I, I'm sorry to beat up on Catholic. I, I I will beat up on Catholics just because there's so many of them because you know they they can take it. Um, right. Okay, yeah, keep digging, Scott. Um, there's enough but, Catholics to take the shock, but um, but yeah, let, let, let's call it a day for now. And I think next okay. time let, let's pick back up with our discussion of of the institutions. Let's bring it. If if we haven't completely annoyed our audience with our attention deficit tendencies already, let's uh, let, let's come back. Okay, on, on our idea of of what went all wrong with the the one institution of the media during this this lovely fun pandemic time and uh what they could have done sure. differently and and how with the press things just went so 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 shitty and uh yeah we're, we we sort of unexpectedly went off onto a bunch of side tangents about the markets but maybe let's come back to inflation again next time and yeah, get get your thoughts on where that's going to possibly go over the next few months. Because I was kind of hoping, like I was a little more pessimistic about the lumber market, and like that came <clears> down <throat> quicker, yeah. a lot it was quicker like a, than a yeah I Eiffel Tower. Was, just <laughs> right, so I, it sort of made me hopeful. It's like, oh, maybe right. like a lot of things are going to start correcting already. But now a lot of things are going yeah. awry. Oh, oh, we didn't even mention oil, like right. What, like, yeah, everything's good. Yeah. Jesus Christ, like that just went off with a bang really fast. Like right. We're just in choppy waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and yeah. So is it just that? Is know it just the next wave's gonna come from. Yeah, just just wacky volatility or yeah, and you can't even steer your boat into the wave because you don't know where it's gonna come from. Is yeah. you're gonna get hit on the side and you're gonna get rocked. And yeah, that that seems to be what, what's happening, but so well, yeah. But let's come back to that right. and, and our 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 lovely friends the, in in the media and uh, okay yeah and, and that 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 level of institutional failure. So there we go. Oh, There's that'll our, be fun. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll beat up on the media, and everybody's going to love that. <laughs> there ain't nobody that's going to be be mad at us for beating up on the even Anderson Cooper will be like, "Way to go!" I hate, I hate my job. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody unifies in in uh, shitting on 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 the media. So yeah, uh, that was our first experiment in uh, this little conversation, and it will carry on to awesome. next time. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. There'll be more episodes coming for you in the future. Be sure to check out ncoronavirus.org and worldhealthnetwork.global for more information on the organization. Thanks to Michelle from Make Good Together for doing the graphics for the show. And a huge thanks to Tracy, the noble producer of the show. If you listen to the show on either YouTube or podcast format, well, they are available on both. And be sure to like and subscribe and comment on those. All the best. Till next time. Thank you.